2: Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies. I'm your host Joe Cunningham um, and joining me for this special episode where we will be getting to grips with the um, final of the Netflix Marvel series before the Defenders, Iron Fist. I am joined
3: by Caroline Ceda,
4: Amon the Woman, and Al Kennedy.
2: I've got my Defenders together
4: yes sweet christmas
2: (laughs) (laughs) now i've said to these guys off mic i've tried my best to like pretend that there is no gender or race stereotyping here but we do fit this very well it's a shame al that you're not asian but you know we've (laughs) got to go with with what marvel goes with as well i am a white idiot so it works (laughs) (laughs) um Listeners, um, you will have heard Al before back on our um, Scott Pilgrim episode, Um, but Al, you are this podcast's Iron Fist now because um, you are the the Iron Fist expert, is that right?
5: Yeah, I think I've, as we were saying off mic, I think I've probably read every Iron Fist appearance in comics, even like really crap ones. There were a lot of really crap ones. He had three or four miniseries during the 1990s and early 2000s which were universally garbage and a bunch of runs in marvel comics presents and um you know random appearances in things like marvel fanfare and he was had actually a quite decent little run of appearances in john byrne and then jay lee's namor the submariner um okay so yeah he's been in a bunch of comics and The vast majority of Iron Fist comics are bad, Um, but I love him. I love the stupid lack of peripheral vision idiot that he is.
2: (laughs) So, um, in fact, I'm going to ask you these questions when we get actually into the chat, Al, rather uh, rather (laughs) rather than putting it all up front, but I've got don't you worry, there is lots of comics-related questions coming for you um, on Iron Fist later. I feel like I'm um, a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to get the job, Al. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm on you are back. You were last on our Luke Cage episode. And um, I don't think I know anyone who watches... Um, comic book related TV and movies um, with quite the speed that you do. I normally <laughs> I log on to Facebook on like the Saturday morning after a Netflix series has been released and I've got your full thoughts there <laughs> in front of me. How long did it take you to get through Iron Fist?
4: Um, it took me... Uh, I was done, so it was released on the Friday and I was done by the Monday. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I got through it relatively okay um I didn't enjoy it uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that, yeah but yeah um i didn't I didn't enjoy it um but yeah, I struggled through it I, the, the first couple episodes in particular were really it' was a poor start um okay. so you know I was lamenting it um a little bit um but I got through it.
2: Um, and Caroline, you've been you've been with us for our uh, Defenders episodes ever since Jessica Jones. Now, so it's your fourth fourth Defenders bonus episode.
3: Yeah, the little Defenders correspondent.
4: Yeah, and you've
2: also, <laughs> as always, been reviewing the show over on the AV Club. Um, you've got your reviews finished now. How are you feeling? You still, you know, still alive. That's good.
0: Yeah,
2: you <laughs> haven't had to be resuscitated, um, Harold Meacham style.
3: Well, who knows? You know, who knows what goes on behind closed doors. Um, this, so normally, I do with with uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil season two, and um, Luke Cage. I did these binge reviews where I both watched and reviewed all thirteen episodes in three days. Um, yeah. So, and like theoretically, they were shorter and like less thought out reviews. Although I would, I would sometimes just write them the same length anyway um so that was how i used to do the other series and then this time i just did proper like full length reviews one a day every day for 13 days which at first i thought was going to be easier and by the end i was like oh remember when this was over in three days <laughs> so it was like a it was a, both a good and bad way to consume the series but yeah so i just finished up just a um a day or two ago as we're recording
2: yeah and did you did you space them out like one episode at a time
3: or yeah, I would only watch. I didn't want to watch ahead mainly because I would yeah. get confused as to what happened in which episode. Yeah. It still happened um, in this format, but yeah. So I would, I just watched one a day, basically. One, write it, watch it, and then, and then write the review.
2: Yeah, um, and I'll, I'll start with you, Caroline. Um, is this, as I think it might be for most of us, your least favorite of the
3: Defenders TV series? Yeah, definitely. Like by a pretty big margin like and i said this in my last review that if you are a marvel completist and you want to see it all and you're going in with like i just want to consume it all i think that there's things to enjoy here and in fact that's how i really enjoy movies like batman v superman and suicide squad i'm like i know this is going to be bad let's like highlight the things that i enjoy about it and i think it would be very possible to do that with iron fist because there is some good stuff in there but if you're just looking at, at if you're just looking at it as like is this a good tv show then I think the answer would be no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I would. I would actually say um, that of the Marvel shows, I actually found this pretty easy to binge. Mm-hmm. Like, I think all of the Marvel shows have pacing issues, um, but this one, because there's not much good in it, it's kind of easy to just bash them out. Because, like with Luke Cage, it has pacing issues but there's, there's still a lot that you want to enjoy and you want to like give your full attention to. And by the time I was on like episode nine or 10 with this, I was like, I I was laid up ill in bed last week and I just blasted through a bunch of episodes while I was (laughs) laid in bed, kind of like half woozily taking it in going, yeah, this is happening. It's fine. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I can, I can just, I, I can get this finished and then talk about it and look forward to the defenders. Um, Al, you only got through eight episodes, is that right? Because you are an adult with adult responsibilities, unlike <laughs> uh, us. Dependence, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's
5: it's also I found it very difficult to binge because due to the, the way that each episode was paced, um, you, it, they've all got very long scenes in them, which makes the episodes themselves feel longer. Like the amount of times that I would, you know, flick on the the Netflix thing and see wh- how long it had been running for. Fully expecting it to say, "Oh, it's been running 55 minutes. It's about to finish." And it had been running like 35 minutes. <laughs> like, how can this still be going?
2: This is like some kind of innovative torture. um <laughs> And I guess that is a kind of that is a mark of the Netflix shows. The 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 like long scenes, two handers with like a, you know just a couple of characters. Talking about stuff that you know may or may not be interesting, but I think in the other shows, you know, if you've got Jessica Jones and Kilgrave talking to each other, or Trish and Jessica, or you've got, I don't know, Luke and Misty or whatever, then you you you've got characters who you're attached to and you're interested in, and that's not something that this show has. I
5: yeah, I mean, this show I has don't... got this show's got Colleen, which is its high. Mm-hmm point character-wise. I thought Joy actually is not bad, but I mean, the, you were saying just there about how the various other Netflix shows have got these great two-handers, and there are various combinations of characters that will occur within any of the Netflix shows. So, you know, for example, um, in um, Luke Cage, you could have Luke and Misty scenes, you could have Luke and Claire scenes, you could have Claire and Misty scenes, you could have... Um, uh, Mariah Whenever, Cotton- and Cottonmouth. Sorry. Yeah, Mariah. Yeah. yeah, amazing combinations. Whereas in this, you had a lot less of that. Um, you know, you, there's nothing... Jessica Jones had brilliant scenes between Trish and Jessica, which played very differently from the scenes between Jessica and Kilgrave. There was a different character dynamic there, obviously. And, you know, what we got out of most of the Kilgrave scenes was learning how well David Tennant says,
1: Jessica! (laughs) And,
5: and, and, oh, come on! (laughs) But yeah, it didn't really... I thought Iron Fist didn't have that variety of character in terms of really enjoyable characters to watch. And I thought that was one of its weaker elements.
2: Yeah, I want to put this to all of you guys. Do you think it is... I mean, I think we're probably all going to agree that Finn Jones is not fantastic here. We'll get to the issues surrounding his casting um, at some point as well. Uh, Finn Jones isn't great. He's not very charismatic. And the character is, for, for, for my money, just really inconsistently written across the first few episodes. The stuff in the first few episodes that I did like was when he was being a bit more goofy, a bit more like um, a little bit more of the like sweeter, naive side of Danny rather than the, the anger, which doesn't really chime with that side of him. And then as we get into the back half of the season, when the character does get some consistency, it's just... I'm angry, and I'm angry at anyone. <laughs> who who killed my mum and dad? It was him. <laughs> oh, I'm angry at you. No, it wasn't him, it was her. Oh, I'm angry at them now. Uh, no, it was none of them. It was him the whole time. Oh, now I'm angry at you, but really I'm angry at myself. That's the second <laughs> half say, of the
5: season. <laughs> I very much want to see the version that's got the shouty northern iron fist.
2: Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's kind of Davos, I think. I think we'll see yeah. it in season two. <laughs> oh, I, was, I tweeted Caroline about this. I was so happy to see, even even though it is from the wrong side of the Pennines for me, Seb's, Seb's side. Um, <laughs> a, a northern English accent on a Marvel TV show was fun. I enjoyed it quite a lot.
5: Yeah, well, I suppose <laughs> you've got in Agents of Shield, you've got the posh one who keeps trying to pretend to not be from Sheffield.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but who definitely is mm-hmm. oh, very um,
5: clearly, he keeps slipping. And then you've got one of yours as well, Al.
2: Yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely Ian sticker. Poor old Ian DePop sticker, poor boy. <laughs> Um, but do you so do you guys agree with me about the lack of consistency with the Danny Rand character, particularly early on? Like I just didn't know what he wanted or what his driving force was, and it didn't seem like he had any internal consistency either. And I don't think confused is a good enough driving force for a superhero over thirteen episodes of a TV series.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely agree. It's tricky because Danny has two sides of him. Really, he's got he's meant to have anyway. This sort of Zen. I'm the Iron Fist. I've trained for fifteen years to master my emotion side of him, and then he's got the naive side of him, which he alluded to earlier. And having those uh, two aspects is not sort of you know a deal breaker, but those two aspects of his personality never reach a point where they harmonize into a full character i mean there's a scene when he's on the airplane and he's in the midst of a, or he's about to have a panic attack and he says something like you know something, like, uh, something along the lines of i'm the iron fist i have you know trained for 15 years to master my emotions i'll be fine and then 2 seconds later he's having a panic attack and you're just like what are you talking about dude so you know i completely agree with you joe on that
2: yeah and uh, james mentioned this on our main episode last time that you know very early on you've got him being like what's you know what i, I just don't understand the ways and the customs of this this new york that i'm in anymore joe can i with and... you for a second you can't you cannot say the words i
5: just don't understand and not you know, you have, to, you have to do it. You have to do the thing.
2: Well, I just don't understand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, you thrown me off, but it was worth it. Apologies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Basically, uh, the character lacks any consistency. Uh, mm. uh, I, th-
5: I think in, it takes him I mean, too long.
2: Particularly early on, I think, is the issue.
5: Yeah, it takes him too long to give him a personality. One of the, the big missteps, I think, that the series has is that... They do the kind of the Buffy Human Again episode in episode two. You know, if you were to be saying oh, this yes. guy has disappeared off for 15 years, is he right in the head? Then, okay, fine, that you, you can work that in, but that should be episode like eight. It mm. should be
2: episode two. Or, or it should be the concept of the entire series, which kind of it should be the question that you're asking immediately up front. You shouldn't introduce him and kind of treat it as red and then pause to do it. It seems like the worst mm. time to do that episode,
4: episode mm. two. The starting point, the first two episodes are just, it's really, really bad writing, because we as an audience already know that Danny Rand is the Iron Fist, and he's, mm. you know, Danny Rand, but he spends two episodes sort of trying to convince everyone of that fact in increasingly more stupid ways, <laughs> when we already know what it is. I mean, the, the, there's a point early on where I was like, this must be how Samuel L. Jackson felt in Pulp Fiction. It was like, I dare, I dare you, I double dare you, say I am the Iron Fist one more goddamn time. That is, that is how I was feeling. It was just maddening. I wanted to grab him by the scruff of the neck and say, we know, get on with it. Um, yeah, It was maddening to me. And, and, and I think that's the main reason why those first couple of episodes are so unbelievably boring.
3: I think but the yeah. writing, the writing is really bad just across the board. And it sort of, you know, some episodes are better than others, but, so part of me wants to be like, oh, this is all a writing problem. But you look at actors, like I think the guy that played Ward, who becomes one of the most interesting characters by the end, like he mm. he can take a really bad script and do something interesting with the character. And Finn Jones, I mean, maybe it's unfair to a- ask an actor to do that, but Finn Jones cannot do that. And in fact, only makes it the script worse. Like he is a shockingly bad actor to me. As a person who really sort of is interested in acting and like cares about that a lot, like it, he is it is one of the worst lead performances that I've ever seen in, in like, anything. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I, I always, when when there's a bad actor in something, I always try to look out for, like, the one scene or whatever that they're really good at or the one part of it that they're good at. I'm like, okay, that's what they auditioned with. Like, that's what the callbacks focused on. And that's why you cast this person without realizing they couldn't do everything else. And I do think the part that Finn Jones is best at is the, like, naive, like, almost like he's, like, Tom Hanks and big or like George of the jungle. Like I don't understand society and I'm just this like happy little boy. And I think he, he's that's the part he's best at, like maybe even good at, but everything else, like his, he is, he's so incapable of (laughs) like seeming angry, even though that is like one of the dominant emotions that Danny is supposed to have. Like I, and he's so bad at the action as well, like actively, not just like, Oh, he's not the best at it. Like I would say actively to a person who's untrained in, observing martial arts like he just looks that and so just I just don't understand like what what was the thing that drew that drew them to Finn Jones so much and it's not like he's that famous he can't do the action he can't act like I don't you know I don't want to be too mean to the guy but I just don't understand how no. we ended up with him in this role
2: and mm. you know this is again we can remove this completely from the the kind of the the whitewashing arguments about the character I we spoke about this on our last main episode, seven James and I, and i I think, I, I think obviously this was a great opportunity for Marvel to cast someone non white to do something different with this character who was created what in the seventies, Al. Yeah, 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 and 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 you know maybe do something modern with him or if you are going to cast a white actor to construct a show around him that maybe is filled with majority Asian actors and explore the contradictions of having this white character be this, this white savior, this guy who's better at Kung Fu than all of the people who know it. Instead, the show actively runs in the other direction away from that. I was like, Yes, I quite like the actor who shows up playing Davos, but that feels like a role that they could quite easily have had someone um, Chinese in that role, and I thought that it was it was almost a deliberate choice to cast someone who was non-white but also non-East Asian for that role. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It felt like it was like anything to not address that issue, and. When you have cast Finn Jones in that role, like you say, Caroline, it puts so much more pressure on him with all that conversation around it. And when there is nothing to back up that casting, because I completely agree with every word you said, there's nothing to back it up. It just becomes a real conundrum of a show, like and it, it becomes this spectre that hangs over it. Um, in a way that I, I said this on the main episode, it doesn't happen to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, the conversation all happened before the film. When people saw the film, it was something that they were still like, "Well, we're still not happy about this, but at least there was there was some well, kind of."
4: I think I think there's a I think there's a reason for that um, because I mean at least from what I read around it, and I was reading a lot around it at the time. The director of Doctor Strange, Scott Derrickson, he made an effort to actually understand the issue. He talked to, you know, journalists who, you know, know what they're talking about when it comes to this issue. He talked to them. Um, and in, uh, and when everything was said and done, he actually came out and admitted in an interview, like a week after the film was released, that yes, it is whitewashed. Yes, there's a problem. Th- th- this is why, you know, I came to, t- came to this decision, but I understand why people are upset. Whereas everything which I am reading, um, about this issue when it comes to the guys from Iron Fist, it's almost like they were so surprised at, you know, the backlash and everything else that, that, that you know, it just didn't occur to them. And then obviously we all know what Finn Jones has had to say and what Scott Buck has not had to say, apparently, because nobody is asking this guy a question. Go back to the, um, uh, question This sort of, you know, Iron Fist and Finn Jones in the casting. The, one of the things which is a problem with, this series and when you are, when you look at also the current um, media and superheroes or the current superhero genre you look at shows like legion you look at things like deadpool these are shows and films which are taking chances which are being brave and being rewarded for it they're doing something in the genre we haven't seen before iron fist as you know as it was as it is in the comics and as it is in this show there's so many superhero tropes uh, inherent in Iron Fist, which you've seen so many times before. In terms of you know the white man going to a far country, learning skills, the white billionaire, the white billionaire, if um, by the way coming back and then sort of via, via certain control of his company, all the rest of it. So much of of those inherent things in Iron Fist would be immediately. Not a problem, be, 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 oh, sorry, be meant to be not a problem by casting an Asian American because, you know, you not only sort of have, have you not seen that before in terms of just an Asian American hero, but, sorry, casting an Asian American would change the story in so many other ways as well. So, you know, it's on some levels, it's just disappointing. And then when you consider the fact that, again, Lewis Tan is in the show and, you know, we now know that. Marvel got very, very close to casting him. And some, Marvel were you know on the cusp of making that big decision, and it makes just, just makes it all the more frustrating that they didn't uh, follow through on it. Yeah, so Scott Buck, um has uh,
5: addressed it at least once where he he was asked about it, and he I think very disingenuously because there's no way he managed to avoid this. He said that until they had cast Finn Jones, they had no idea that this conversation was even going on about should they cast, yeah. uh, it's like, don't come on. Like, Pardon. do you think my head zips up the back? It's, <laughs> there's no chance yeah. that this is what was actually going on, what the conversation was actually happening within Marvel. When you cast somebody like Finn Jones, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why you would cast Finn Jones. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a terrible, actor generally. I think he's not saved at all by the terrible material he's got to work with here. I don't think he's a great Mm. actor. I think he's kind of a workman but, um, you know, they decided that they were going to, rather than cast an Asian American actor and go that way with the story, they cast essentially a human cauliflower floret. And and this is what they got out of it, was just somebody who has mistaken frowning for angry and It just manages to produce a very... I was going to say one note, but it's not really one note because sometimes he's asleep. So two-note <laughs> performance. It, what you need is an actor who, when you've got the kind of material to work with that he's got, there's a thing in, just to bring in professional wrestling to this, because goodness knows we've been <laughs> we've been talking 20 minutes and nobody's mentioned professional wrestling in the context of comic books yet. So
2: the dojo's what, called what,
5: the a Dojo, Al. <laughs> I, I saw that. Yeah. What, what kind of a what kind of a comics podcast is this? If no one's talking about professional wrestling, um, but no, there's a term in wrestling which is a ring general, which is somebody who is an experienced uh, hand who can basically carry lesser wrestlers to a, a good match. And I think that one of the difficulties that Finn Jones has here is that he doesn't have somebody like that on his side who can help lift the material along. Like, I was much less keen on Ward than you were, Caroline. I I thought, uh, what I couldn't get out of my head was how much Ward looks like Fred Armisen.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but only in like certain shots.
5: Yeah, he's, like, the whole thing was like a Portlandia sketch that goes horribly wrong, like something where the these hipsters get given sexy heroin with dragons on it, or whatever.
2: <laughs> in fairness, I didn't like Tom Pelfrey early on either, but I think he, I think he steps to the fore as one of the better part of the series in the in the kind of like backstretch of episodes. Yeah, so absolutely. So it might be that you haven't seen his best stuff yet.
5: Quite possibly, but Finn Jones is given a character who is extremely unsympathetic. I think we talk about the white saviour aspects of things which are definitely there and they're front and centre, but Danny Rand is not helped at all by the fact that the character is given no humility. He he comes in and every single interaction he has with anybody is from a position of entitlement. He basically comes in and says, I want my company back, why won't you give it to me? And then it's, all. Oh, I'm going to come into your dojo and explain to you how to teach people how to fight. I was just well, raging so, at that scene.
4: That scene um, was so not. I mean, sorry to interrupt. Um, I was just going to say, I was re-watching uh, Daredevil Season 2 to get the taste of iron fist out of my mouth. And <laughs> um, the first episode of Daredevil Season 2, Foggy um, calls the cop... Oh, I can't remember his name, but the cop who's a friend to Daredevil and Foggy, and he calls him my man, and the guy calls him out on it. Mm-hmm. In the ep- in the episode of Iron Fist, which I was referring to, he calls a room full of black boys who, who learning kung fu, chattering monkeys. Yeah,
3: that was shocking to me, but uh, I mean, no one caught that. I, I
4: just, I, oh my, I mean, it's just the the tone deafness is mind boggling.
5: Bear and mind I do... It's the same showrunner who's gonna be running in humans as well. Yeah. Having mm. driven Dexter into the ground. Yeah.
3: And to transfer the, the blame a little bit off Finn Jones, I do think some of it comes down to you can have a character who is kind of an asshole, which I think Danny is at times, but the show needs to make it clear that it's aware yes. of that. And I think the yeah, most absolutely. successful one, probably my favorite episode of the season, was episode five, which is the first one that Claire's in. And they do really genuinely funny things where like Danny shows up to bring takeout quote unquote takeout to Colleen. And it's literally like a five course meal that he has had catered because he's like (laughs) has never lived in this world and he doesn't know what takeout is. And he just remembers from what he was a kid. And that's a moment where the Danny is being super like self-serious and like doing the things he always does. But the show knows that this is ridiculous. So you can have that self-serious character. You just need the self-awareness. And so, you know, to take the onus a little bit off Finn Jones, like the show does not help him out in that way at all. And I think the most successful moments are the moments where it's sort of, we're laughing at Danny, even if Danny isn't like laughing at himself.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and I I did wonder whether there was an interesting version of this show that does introduce the kind of like, you know, say you've got the first five or six episodes that are exactly as dull and badly paced and uh, inconsistent as these are. But then in the second half, Explores that maybe yes, Danny is a bit of an entitled asshole. Maybe yes, that he actually isn't that good a superhero because in this series he's not a good Iron Fist. We and and the show seems aware that he's not on, not a good Iron Fist because it has the um, Davos character kind of turning up and telling him and Gao constantly pointing out that he's the you know he's not doing things that the previous Iron Fists have done and that he's not doing his job right. Basically, and then maybe an interesting take would have been: What is a bad superhero? What if a guy who isn't worthy of the powers that has been bestowed on him has to has to then step up to the task and try and become a better, you know, a better superhero because he is inherently a shit one that he acknowledges: I'm not good at this. Um, I've I've screwed up, and I need help. Um, or or just I'm really not good at this. And then what does that mean? What does what happens when a superhero who isn't strong enough to wield those powers um does wield them?
3: And I think the show kind of the show kind of wants to have it both ways, because I think at times they're doing exactly what you're saying. They're like, Yeah, he's not good, and isn't that interesting? But then they also want him to win every fight, you know, because they want their yeah. hero to be cool. So you can't do both. You either have to go with the, I would agree, interesting idea that he's like this person who's not really capable of being a superhero but he sort of like fell into it and now he's figure out what to do but then you need to have him lose a lot you can't have a scene where he like rightly corrects Colleen because he's the better warrior except then we're told he's the worst warrior you know what I mean like they that having it both ways I think really screwed them over
5: I think that the the fighting issue is a big problem in the show because you know Finn Jones has been saying on all these ballistic tours, I think kind of trying to get out ahead of it, essentially, saying that um, they were learning fight choreography 15 minutes before. And it's like, well, yeah, it shows. You're doing it like you're doing a dummy run walkthrough of a fight before you actually do the fight. And if you're going to be trying to put yourself across as somebody who has got this kind of chip on their shoulder and who has got this opinion of themselves as being this great warrior somebody who can come into somebody else's dojo and say i'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong then you need to be able to put on screen evidence that this person is just the greatest fighter and what you've actually got is very um choppily shot very quick cut scenes a lot of hits that have got no weight behind them a lot of moving very slowly they remind me of like you know when some make-a-wish kid pretends to be Batman and everyone kids only save the city. Yeah. You know, everybody around is just indulging Danny here. It's like a fall over. Pretend <laughs> you hate him, fall mean, over.
4: Iron Fist is meant to be the greatest fighter in the Marvel universe. And in this MCU, I'm not sure he could take Daredevil. I'm not sure he could take Black Panther. I'm not sure he could take Black Widow. Captain America would kick his ass. I'm not convinced I he mean- could take Foggy. <laughs> 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 I wanna see that fight. Defenders, make it happen, please.
2: <laughs> the, but the yeah, thing that I, I mean, think if you if you compare it to the other shows, I mean particular I mean Daredevil's a good example. There are characters constantly in Daredevil kind of telling him you shouldn't be doing this, it's not right what you're doing, you know, what what gives you the right to go out and do this. And it, it the characters that it kind of puts him in opposition with in the show are people like Foggy or like Karen or like Punisher um, who and, and Kingpin, all these characters who have their flaws, but also they have virtues of their own that that can be reflecting back on Matt and can make Matt question stuff. Basically, any character who Danny comes into opposition with over the course of this show is is completely, is completely undermined within, like, minutes of them having their argument put forward. I think the only one, the only character who really calls Danny on his bullshit during the entire course of this series um, and is able to kind of walk away from it with their head held high is um, Claire Temple, who kind of walks in and goes, wait, you, first of all, you need to calm down. Second of all, why do you want to kill everyone? And third of all, like... It, you don't have a plan at any stage.
4: Oh, God, and the plans. The, 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 character that should,
2: <laughs> the character that should be that function all the way through this series is Colleen, who um, we haven't spoken about Jessica Henwick once, but I think is probably the standout performance outside of Rosario Dawson in this show. Um, but they completely undercut her with the making her a member of the shit hand, the shit kind of American spin off of that, the Hand Clan, who. As I've said off my candle on our, on our previous episode, are basically the fuckland from Ninja Turtles because it <laughs> is it literally is taking like these kids off the streets and training them and giving them ninja powers and using them as their little minions. That is Ninja Turtles, but <laughs> not Marvel hand.
5: Um, I have to say that in the in the year of the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell, it is actually very interesting to see another comic book thing doing a. Uh, a, a, a version of um uh, an asian classic remaking it as a crap american version <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear um al i did want to ask you actually uh, if Finn Jones is spectacularly bad casting for this role what what was what's the version of iron fist that you would that you would have liked to have seen from the comics which is the because i get that there are kind of different takes on him because i i was reading power man and iron fist where he's like the goofy sidekick to luke cage and but yeah i've read some of his solo stuff where he is kind of very self-serious and it's more straight-faced martial arts stuff so he's different across different takes yeah, I I really like David Walker's Paramount and Iron Fist. I think it's
5: a book that started off um not as strongly as it has become, if that makes sense you. It, it started off as a book which was uh, not terrifically done. Um The art kind of carried it through maybe the first five issues or so, but since then, Walker has hit that fantastic groove, and it is absolutely one of my favourite Marvel books at the moment. But it does, you're right, it does have a version of Danny, which is at odds with some of the earlier interpretations of the character. It is more of a kind of a goofy version. It's more of an Owen Wilson kind of version of
2: uh, of Iron Fist. Do Whereas you think they could have leaned into that version here though. Is that would any kind of goofier version of Iron Fist fit into this Netflix stuff, or would they have had to have gone down the, the kind of other interpretation route? I think there is a humor
5: behind um iron fist in in all versions of him he has got this real seriousness he's a very disciplined character this is one of the reasons why i don't like the fact that in the the current version they gave him a beard it's like he is the kind of guy who would get up and meticulously shave every morning just for sheer complete body control um he's he's incredibly centred. I don't think it's that Danny doesn't get jokes, I think it's that Danny is too busy concentrating on other things to really understand jokes, to really give them the thought that they might need. Um but I think that there is space for him to relax a little bit and to chill a little bit, um, but he only ever relaxes to a certain amount it's like you know when you put on a seatbelt and you pull it too hard too fast you get a bit of give and then it stops mm-hmm. absolutely dead that's kind of what danny is like he's got a bit of give but then once you get past that if you're going too quickly with it it absolutely stops dead in its tracks and so you've got the kind of character who dating back to the the original stuff and the, the the kind of really classic stuff is the sort of um uh john Byrne era uh, iron fist and then, as that character went through Power Man and Iron Fist, and you disappeared for six or seven years, or well, maybe slightly longer than that, seven or eight years, where he was thought to be dead, and then got brought back again by John Byrne, who obviously has a love for the character. Um, the the character stayed very consistent in that he was he was a nice guy he would you know, smile at you you know, he he wants to be pleasant he likes to have a, a, a chat and all that kind of stuff but he's too busy really thinking about um maintaining focus at all times you know danny's the kind of guy who is permanently standing on the balls of his feet you know he he's never going to be caught by surprise and he if he's not laughing at a joke you've made he's probably going to ask you to repeat it when he realizes that you've actually made a joke because you know, it's rude of him not to laugh, but it, it, it would be, I mean, that kind of behavior would be off putting, um, but he's an off putting kind of guy, I think. So what you've got is a character who is not connecting with people because he hasn't been connected to people. He has lived this kind of ascetic life for 15 years in almost total seclusion except for the ministrations of the monks who were constantly teaching him you know he he he's taught martial arts and discipline up to the point where he will throw himself against the burning gaping hole in the chest of a dragon without so much as a second thought that's not a normal person <laughs> um So when he has that detachment from the world and you put him back into the world, he's not going to connect with people immediately. He sees how people connect.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
5: and he would like to do that if he can but it's not going to get in the way of his prime focus which is his dedication to his martial arts his way of of living his life because i think for for danny Rand, they really are kind of the same thing so i should take a breath at some
4: point
2: (laughs) (laughs) i do wonder then though if you're what you're saying if this show is doing a shit version of like a of Iron Fist, where he's not that great and he's not that disciplined. Maybe that was the opportunity to lean into the goofier side of the character and have some fun with him.
5: Well, kind of, um, he's just Iron Fist boardroom asshole, and it's really, isn't he? He's, he's, he's the Joe Bluth of the Marvel Universe. Yes. Comes back, is, thinks he's brilliant, wants to run the company, and is
2: crap at it. <laughs> oh, and all that boardroom stuff. I mean,. I, I went through this show I mean especially in the the first episode, which I think I think it might be their worst episode um and that's unfortunate because it really does set the tone and I think there's there's other stuff that i that I've maybe enjoyed more because I've given it a bit of leeway from early on being like I mean because. The first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't terrible and then it has a bit of a lull after that and I probably stuck with it and gave it the benefit of the doubt for a little bit longer thinking maybe it could be alright until it completely reset itself and became something different anyway but I think I was just that first episode turned me so much against the show that I was never going to I was never going to warm to it even if it did take a a significant upswing and I think it does get better but it kind of just settles into an awkward rut having said all of that about the first episode the one thing that I did like was right at the end when Faramir walks in and <laughs> delivers the kind of campy performance with actual acting ability um that suggests he knows what's what kind of show he's in like he's read he's read the scripts of the entire series and gone right okay my character's come back from the dead this is nonsense i'm gonna play it as such and i liked Faramir in this show i don't know know about you guys but i was just like well at least at least i know that i'm gonna get a base level of competence in the in the scenes that he's in i have only just put together the fact that that was Faramir. (laughs)
4: <laughs>
5: I was sitting there the whole time watching it, going, "Wow, he looks so much like Chris Cooper in The
2: Muppets." <laughs> oh, I can't. I never see David Wenham in anything and think anything other than Faramir.
4: <laughs> oh, I think of um, him in Three Hundred. Ah, see,
5: exactly. I, I would He's still. I would Faramir. think of him in Top of the Lake.
4: Ah, no, Faramir.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, what did you think of David Wenham? Was he? I mean, because you've already said that you kind of liked Tom Pelfrey. Was there? Is there any other performances in there? Is is Wenham one of them?
3: Yeah, I really liked him at first. I think Harold was the character like you, Joe, who like in the first episode, I was like, okay, at least this is something that's like feels like it has life in it. Um, Ironically, I guess. Um, (laughs) And I found myself less and less enchanted by him as we went along. And I don't think that's necessarily David Wenham's fault. I think that the, the character doesn't, he kind of like locks into one level and then sticks with that level the whole thing. Until And then it's like, oh, and now he's the villain. And so it doesn't, you know, he's not the most dynamic villain. And I think that's the other big problem with Iron Fist is that all the other Defender series, they either had this, like, super amazing villain or the super amazing hero or, like, both. And this one doesn't have either. Like, Harold is good. I would say he's far better than Danny. But the show doesn't quite give him enough focus because we also spend time with Gao and we spend time with Bakudo. And, you know, he doesn't feel like he's the full-on villain in the way that, like, Kingpin was in Daredevil. And then you don't really have this like super compelling hero either. So there was nothing to really latch on to. And we kept sort of like leaping around. So I like David Wennaman. I just don't think Harold was maybe handled as well as he could have been.
2: The the villains in the back half of the the season. uh, Again, this is something that I was having a chat with you guys about that since Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones, we had a villain running through the full season there and kingpin's amazing and purple man's amazing like two really well constructed villains that are perfect matches for their respective heroes then we get to daredevil season two and i think the electro punisher stuff early on is interesting and it all makes way for some i thought fairly rote stuff with the hand and what is black sky and just shit ninjas um i know that's probably that might be i mean i know james loves that for one and I'm uh, on a note. It's your favourite, the Marvel series, um, but for me, I found it a, a bit of a downshift. Luke Cage definitely has the downshift from Cottonmouth to Diamondback, yep. and then this season of Iron Fist, I don't think the Gao stuff in the opening half is particularly interesting. Um, but Gao is certainly a better villain than Bakuto, who kind of takes over for part of the second half of the season, and is absolutely woeful. And then he himself makes way in the penultimate episode, and then Harold comes into things. And Harold, I think he's kind of fun doing his hammy stuff up in his little uh, apartment. But him fighting Iron Fist, like the as you said, I'm on the best fighter in the Marvel Universe, is facing some old bloke who's <laughs> been killed twice already.
4: You know. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I mean, even it, that 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 final fight is just. It's so funny to me. And so he hits David Wenham and runs away. <laughs> I mean, who I, uh, that's just, I mean, I'm lost for words. It's <laughs> who, and, and this, this is the season finale where you're meant to be putting out all the stops. I will say that there's one moment I did like where he finally uses, uses the, the Iron Fist. And I mean, even with the actual Iron Fist, he doesn't use it that often. And the power of the Iron Fist is not. Very well defined or described because I think you know, halfway through the season, he says that you know, you can only use it, you know, the odd one time, then it needs to recharge his chi. Yeah, but then after he uses that and that big, sort of big fist in the uh, you know, battle preceding the final battle, I'm pretty sure when he's fighting David, one and right after that, he's using the um, the fist again to blo- to block bullets.
2: Yeah, but he's just so- had two cheeseburgers before that, so
4: <laughs> oh, oh. got it. I knew I was Sorry. missing something. Um, <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that was just not very well defined. I, so, yeah. I did
2: wonder, given that the fight scenes were so crap, and if they were choreographing them 15 minutes before, I mean, I imagine that Finn Jones was exaggerating slightly there. But either way, the fight scenes consistently, no matter who the director is, fall flat over the course of this show apart from i think we'd all agree the lewis tan one where you go oh the camera's not cutting away and there's something inventive happening with this fight choreography that's interesting um but then you would think okay so then the fighting's not their forte maybe they'll lean more on showing his powers because it's not like lighting up his fist is using that much you know in in terms of the cg budget or whatever surely they can do some different stuff with it And I did wonder, Al, is there, because he unveils this move at the end where he punches the floor and suddenly it looks kind of cool, is there more that Danny can do power-wise that they could have brought in from the comics and gone, okay, here's how we can, you know, maybe take some focus off the fighting and use his superheroics?
5: Well, people try, uh, people have tried a few times to use the actual iron fist in interesting and inventive ways, and that's sort of one of them the actual power itself has never been that well defined um you know it's basically he's got a glowy light up hand which hits hard <laughs>
3: um
5: and leaves a sparkly trail and that's the, that's the main thing like i mean his his main um sort of distinguishing feature is the ability to use the iron fist um he's not a high powered hero he fits in well with the kind of um, the new Avenger style of setup where it's lower-powered characters, it's more street-level crime. It's not Thanos and so on. You know, yeah. he's not going to go toe-to-toe with Iron Man and win. Um, although it, in this version he probably would, you know, vaguely wave an arm near iron man and all iron man's
2: armor would fall off (laughs) or something um he'd do that wonder woman kick from the justice league trailer where she yeah she air sweeps him off the ground yeah she just (laughs)
5: knocks him down with it the force of the the passing breeze (laughs) yeah Um, but so yeah i mean he's not a guy with a massive scope of power his his thing is you're doing Iron Fist, you do inventive stuff with martial arts. You write for your artists to really show how good they can do fight scenes. Mm. Um It's not a kind of, let's see how well you can do energy blasts or whatever. Mm. Um, the Iron Fist itself, you would trot out that towards either like if you need to escape from something or if you're going to land some kind of final blow or whatever. But and I think it's something that the Immortal Iron Fist comics did really well the main emphasis on an Iron Fist fight scene should be in variety and scope and style in fighting.
2: Yeah. I, um, I'll i admit I've stolen this thought from another podcast I was listening to. Um, it's the Storm of Spoilers podcast. And Dave Gonzalez was saying, you've got that title sequence where the, the Kung Fu guy is... Where, where i guess it's supposed to be iron fist is has like a sash and so the entire thing about that that opening sequence is is like you can see some of the movement from like follow through mm. of his moves and stuff like that and that maybe if they had of okay sure they don't want to put him in the actual costume to begin with for whatever reason because these netflix shows hate the costumes um but you know, have him in some kind of costume that shows a bit more motion. That maybe you can, you can get away with hiding the actual, like, fighting choreography by slowing it down sl- slightly and showing a bit of fluidity to yeah, movement. E- and, even, like, if like they'd gone, even if they had
5: gone, even if they gone with something which is closer to what's in the current Perma Iron Fist series, which it's is th- basically a tracksuit and a bandana, mm-hmm. then you know that works. In this for this version of Iron Fist, it's not you know my sort of favorite version of Iron Fist because I I don't think Iron Fist would normally look like you woke up in a dumpster, but um, <laughs> it, it, it works for the story that's being told in that book. Um, but I think when you've got these, these Netflix shows are faintly embarrassed, I think, of the, the origins of these characters and, and they, they really do like to try to sell it as being very serious, very serious business. And they don't wear these funny color costumes in this very serious
2: business. <laughs> but even if, even if Iron Fist had been wearing the costume that Daredevil wore in season one, you know, just a black ninja costume, basically. Mm-hmm. Just all black and then like a, a, a headscarf that moves slightly. I don't know, anything. A- anything to make those fight scenes a little bit more fluid and exciting.
3: I think Daredevil um, is really like hanging over this series because that... I mean, basically, from watching this, like Daredevil and Danny have the same... Fighting ability, right? Like, that's what I'm getting. Maybe that's not how it is in the comics, but what I'm getting from these shows is like they're both good at martial arts. So, if we already have the martial arts superhero in this universe, like you need something that distinguishes Danny from that because this just looks like a cheap Daredevil knockoff, which I don't think is what Iron Fist is going to be at his best. But they didn't like bring anything original to it in terms of how he fought, in terms of, you know, whatever character so it just is like it's so weird that Daredevil's right there and it's like well that if I'm going to watch cool fight scenes I'll go watch that show and there's nothing else to recommend in Iron Fist.
2: And did you even think Caroline some of the some of the stuff like the music I thought was reminiscent of Darede- Daredevil and you know the fact that they're recycling the hand to be the villains for this show again right. because Al that's, that's completely not in the comics right that Iron Fist is uh, sworn to fight the hand that's no that's that show is invented yeah
5: that's daredevil's thing
2: yeah so like why
3: well i think they well, the are just setting up the Hand to be i think they're going to be the big defenders though like for some reason marvel has really locked into this <sighs> idea that the hand is the is the enemy of the defenders which like it's the hand has been the worst part of every yeah. marvel netflix thing like that was really the wrong like thing to commit to that early on because it just doesn't work and the ones that work are the specific villain it's Kilgrave. like here's a person that we are really invested in and invested in Jessica's relationship with him and here's you know kingpin and we're invested in that and this like it's a nebulous cult that is super talented ninjas but also teams and also they're all over the world and also danny was supposed to fight them but they're only in new york and not where he was and it's just way too nebulous to work as this as this big villain the way the shows want them to
5: yeah. And it, it also works really well in the other three shows because there is a connection. There's a personal connection between the hero and the villain. You know, th- there is a connection between the kingpin and Daredevil. There is a connection mm-hmm. between Jessica and, and Kilgrave. There's a connection between Luke and Cottonmouth. And there's a stupid connection between Luke and Diamondback. Um, but with Danny, it's just like, Oh yeah, we're sworn to fight the hand, apparently. Um, there's no real
2: evidence shown of this and it's and just like i I've said like i said before as well it's the the one thing that it, it is that it keeps coming back to is oh it's whoever killed my parents um but like he's, he swings between oh, thinking three or four different people killed his parents and were responsible for killing his parents um and i think if it'd maybe have hewn closer to the comics origin of just it was harold betrayed them and he comes back to new york and harold is kind of lurking in the backgrounds um, and danny's you know looking to track him down and gain some revenge that could have worked but,
5: but actually the mm. yes. yeah, harold yes. and davos yeah. as two villain. yeah harold and davos as two hundred for villains would have worked really well i mean in terms of spreading these things throughout the defenders um individual series i think It's kind of shaping up that the big villain who's been orchestrating this whole thing is probably Corridors. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, they cannot go near Corridors without encountering some kind of savage, long Streets of Rage (laughs) beatdown.
4: Have you heard that? um, I think I've read somewhere that that the defenders meet in the hallway fight. So you have, you have that to look forward to. I like that. I do like that. But, um, I was going to say that, um, you know, the flashbacks you mentioned, I think we flashback around 570 times to the The same same exact shot. And we see maybe about 15 seconds, maybe 20. It's just insane. And, um, a lot, I was going to also say that a lot of the things that make, um, Danny Rand unique in terms of Kun Loon and in terms of fighting the dragon all that sort of stuff, they don't really show. I mean, every um, other Marvel Netflix show has had one episode or at least half of an episode devoted to really getting into how the hero has come to be the way he he or she is. Like the, the one really big flashback episode. This show never gives you that. Um, so, you know, that so it of contributes to um the, the the feeling of um Iron Fist being so samey to what we've seen before because those really distinguishing factors we don't we never get to see. I mean, K'un kind of I think we see maybe what three monks, yeah, and one one oh kid God, being beaten up for ten seconds. That's that is literally it, and you know it's, yeah. it's not good enough.
5: That I just want to, if we can, just have a quick chat about. We mentioned briefly the openings uh, credits. Yes, yeah. Um, the opening credits of this show are the worst opening credits (laughs) I've ever seen for a show. It looks like a 1990s after dark screensaver and it's just the. The music is just... It, it, firstly, it doesn't start for about the first 30 seconds of the... And it's like, oh, oh, sure, we're supposed to be playing something. Oh, turn on the Bon tempi. um Okay, and then by the end of it, it turns into an absolute shameless rip-off of Daft
4: Punk's Tron Legacy score. <laughs> it is I mean, the, the mu- woeful. I, mean, I completely agree. I mean, the music is just one indication of the fact that this entire thing feels like... Maybe thrown together as a too strong a term, but no, I think that's you can, fair. I think that's fair. I mean, you can feel the love and the care that's gone into Daredevil. You can feel the love and the care that's gone into Luke Cage. That's gone into. Uh, that's mm. gone into Jessica Jones. You don't feel that with Iron Fist, mm. and the intro is one clear example of that. Look at the intro to Jessica Jones, to Daredevil, to Luke Cage. You know, they have something about them. And Iron Fist really does not as bland, you know, it feels the feels like it could be perfectly perfect at home when the Zack Snyder D C movie It's so dark. You know, it's just you know, it's Particularly when good.
5: the way that Luke Cage as a show uses music and the care oh my gosh, and yeah. the the real precision with which the music is deployed throughout that show is so at odds with... I mean, Finn Jones says, oh, we learned fight choreography 15 minutes before we started shooting. I imagine that whoever did the score for Iron Fist is like, oh, I learned I was even doing it 15 <laughs> minutes after the show started. <laughs>
0: I guess, yeah, I,
2: yeah, I I, think the thrown together accusation is not unfair. There was all the talk about, you know, was Iron Fist being shelved? Is it not happening? It was going to happen before Luke Cage. It got pushed back um there was rumors that they were struggling to break the character that they were struggling to break the second half of the season and oh they they definitely broke it like it's it bro- <laughs> <he> is broken <laughs> but they just it, it feels like a show that wasn't ready to be shot and i do wonder whether the better plan might have been to just push forward with the defenders rewrite it slightly so that we meet danny for the first time in there and we hint at his stuff he's brought into the new york side of things by the defenders and then goes off and does his own stuff maybe um, because yeah, I, it, this feels like a rush job where so little was, um, figured out in advance and yeah, I think throwing together well, is entirely fair.
4: It's a real um, shame because, you know, I was just going to say that the one thing that I do really, really like about Iron Fist, um, is that when you, especially when you compare it to the other Defender characters, the Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, a f- um quite a few of them are reluctant superheroes whereas danny he wants to fight I mean, even though it's a, he keeps saying I'm the iron fist and it's maddening you know he, at least he wants <laughs> yeah. to you know be involved and i like that trait to the character and i think if um if the show had managed to do a good job of really making us like him because i do think he's the first unlikable hero in the entirety of the mcu which is a feat um <laughs> um you know, then that, that trait would have really been really interesting to see in the concepts of the other defenders when the show rolls around. But as it is right now, I just want Luke Cage to immediately punch this fool. I and mean, if, if he says, I have the iron fist to Luke Cage and everything, I'll oh, just, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: um, before we have our bit of defenders chat, is there anything else, either positive or negative, that you guys wanted to hit on? Um, because I just wanted to draw attention to Finn Jones's hair. Um, which was obviously a deliberate choice because it makes, it's the identifying feature to switch in the stunt double in and out. Um, but it looks like he's wearing kind of like, a like it looks incredibly pubic. Like it looks like he's got like a mid seventies Merkin on his head. He looks and like Colin it, Baker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, and it's, it's horrible. Um, and the other thing is, um, I feel kind of bad for this because there are a lot a lot of bad performances in this show. And I think Finn Jones is the worst, but um, I didn't see anything redeeming about Jessica Stroop from start to finish. And I think that maybe if they are going to move forward with the show, that they could do a big old clear out of which characters they do and don't need. And I think the Meachams, as much as I enjoyed the back end of Ward, I think could probably be ushered. Who
3: didn't enjoy the back end of Ward, um, I this, end of Ward am
2: I right?
4: <laughs> hey, in the chat I, d- I, I did like ward flipping the bird to the room that yeah, was a i like that
3: too you know it was great and i think what so i mean we've been, i don't think unfairly so but we've been like very harsh on iron fist this whole time and i think actually what frustrates me the most like if this was just consistently bad that's fine we can just kind of write it off but there are these little moments where they have hogarth like totally call out danny for all of his craziness they have yes. claire call out at him for his <laughs> craziness or i think they have like davos is such a successful character because he really yes. calls out danny and then you have this really personal fight like my my favorite probably fight scene is the one that's in the end of the second to last episode where they're in the rain and they're fighting Bakudo, and then danny and davos have to have this whole thing out and like there are such great ideas there that these are like three kids you have colleen and you have Danny and Davos and they've sort of been manipulated by these evil systems and they haven't been allowed to grow up and they're these like broken kids and those are like really great ideas and so to see the show like have self-awareness in these very particular points and have Claire totally call out uh, Danny and Colleen for for like really needing therapy you're like okay well the writers know they're aware of all these things so then how can they mess it up every other time and that actually makes me more angry about this show than it would be if it was just like consistently crap throughout like those little moments of greatness like how are you how did you not translate that to the rest of the season that's so frustrating
2: that's the one thing i've seen about this show more than any other is the people on twitter going just imagine if they'd done this and then that would have been a more interesting show you're completely right caroline there are these these things that you see and you go oh, it will be cool if they go in this direction with that thing, and then they don't. And I think you have to point the finger at Scott Buck, the showrunner for that, because Mm -hmm. if writers are picking out interesting stuff, it's probably individual episode writers. And if it's failing to be, you know, uh, taking that strand and weaving it into an interesting season, you've got to blame the showrunner there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I would just add that also... The amount of times these guys go back to places where the bad guys have already visited them there before <laughs> to lay low is just mind-boggling to me. I mean, it's just, why would you go back to the dojo? They just came to the dojo not two episodes ago, and you're back there. It's just, oh. I did gosh. kind of feel
5: that that was the same in Luke Cage, though. It's a bit like, well, we're looking for somebody. We can't find them. Where could they be? Are they at the club? No. <laughs> Barbershop? shop, yeah.
2: probably. We only have about four sets, really.
4: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I true. I've, I've criticised. I think all of these Marvel series at at certain points. I, I don't think I liked Luke Cage as much as you guys did, and like that had you know the occasional stupid moment, like diamondback puts on a hoodie oh well then that must have been luke
4: oh my gosh no, that, <laughs> that <okay>. kind of... <laughs> <laughs> honestly that was so... one of the funniest
3: things that i've ever seen <laughs> so yeah
2: we could we can agree that these shows consistently have their stupid moments i think that just uh iron fist is full with uh, so many more of them it has the typical bad excesses that these shows have Um, but then it has kind of like baseline incompetence below them rather than rather than the baseline competence and the charismatic characters and actors that the other shows have um like i I say i think jessica henwick is the is the one that i come to at the show and go i still liked you despite all of the dumb stuff they made your character do in the second half of the season so um that's that's a win i
4: guess Exactly. Now, I was just going to highlight Jessica and because I did, I do think Colin Wing is a good character. I wish, I really, really wish that she didn't get together with Danny. But then again. Oh,
2: the sex scene, the, you guys.
5: The
4: sex uh, oh. scene. It's really embarrassing.
2: You
3: know then what? Again, though, if, I actually if, loved Danny and Colleen together. I kind of had a crisis about this, like, consistently in my reviews. Like, why do I enjoy this so much? And then by the end, I just, I don't know. I actually think that the most successful Danny is, is Maybe not the sex scene, I won't defend that, but like (laughs) the cute little kind of like innocent romance between them and like the sweetness of it. That to me, I'm like, okay, that's what this show is. Like this is a, these are two little broken kids, but they're very sweet when they're together. I I actually will kind of defend that a little bit.
2: I just didn't understand why she was putting up with his bullshit in the dojo, because it's just, it's constant. Can you please keep the, keep the noise down? I'm just going to turn my music up. (laughs) Do some Tai Chi.
3: That I did not f- like the sexy Tai mm. scene either. That made me very
2: uncomfortable. Oh, 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 no. And so I should also draw attention to the sex scene. We we are explicitly told that Danny is a virgin. That sex she- scene should have been over in three to four seconds and <laughs> then and then maybe they could have
3: had fun you know, with that, I think, in a way that they did Yeah, like the, didn't. like
2: the end of the forty year old virgin, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> And then oh if if we'd have had a dawning of Aquarius musical moment in this, that would have been <laughs> great. <laughs> legion has room for musical mm-hmm. moments why not why
4: not this <laughs> i was just gonna say if i mean if if they want to pair him up with colleen so that they don't pair him up with misty i'm okay with that um because i can't you know i yeah, can't see no, that, that would happening be, um be horrible, horrible gosh, can horrible. you Im- can you imagine twitter <laughs> <Good> <laughs> so <Lord. laughs>
2: on that point we're moving on to the defenders after this um Caroline, I'll ask you this question, given everything you said about Finn Jones and and how bad he is, even with the material. Do you think there's a way that the defenders can redeem this character? Can he be functional in that team?
3: I actually think that there is both a good chance for that, like, that that is possible and that there's actually a very good chance it will happen. And for me, the, the, like, parallel here is Black Widow in Iron Man 2 versus Avengers. And I think in Iron Man 2, she's very, like, overly familiar kind of cliche character not really that interesting like she's fine and Mm -hmm. then in Avengers they just somehow lock into her and and into me like what immediately becomes one of like the top five most interesting characters in the MCU and I think that weirdly that that there is a lot of potential in Danny that Defenders could totally lock into I read some interview where I think that they're gonna downplay the anger part of it a lot and maybe play up more of the naive sweetness or just the like earnest commitment to fighting the hand or whatever. And I actually think that they they could totally turn it around. And as much as I disliked Finn Jones in this, like I did like those little moments of, of naivety that he had. And like I definitely think that there's a possibility for them to play that up and for him to be the like the black widow of the like defender's universe.
4: I think not having him be the lead is gonna take a load out off of yeah, Finn Jones' agreed. And shoulders. Yeah. And you were you were alluding to earlier in terms of you need people around the lead to you know, lift their performances up when they're sometimes lacking. And in The Defenders, you know, Vin Jones has that basically everywhere he looks. Um, So, yeah, I think think he'll be much more tolerable. The way I see it, The
2: Defenders kind of needs to have... uh, Daredevil should be the Captain America of it, basically the de facto lead, um, but maybe not the most interesting character. You let Jessica Jones and Luke Cage be the kind of the Tony Stark, the... Bruce Banner on the on the sidelines and really and and Black Widow and really you know be the scene stealing fun stuff and hopefully you can drag Luke Cage up uh, you can drag Danny Rand up in that same way my second worry though is who Sigourney Weaver is playing so they've got Sigourney Weaver that's great we wondered whether it was going to be something like Satana or something really like um bigger level than we've seen before. I'm now more sceptical about that. There are rumours, A, that she could be the leader at the hand, B, that she could be Danny's
0: mum.
4: Oh, God, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it sounds like the threat in the Defenders, <clears throat> that Danny is going to be the one who alerts the rest of the Defenders to this threat. And I think it probably ties into, you know, whatever he finds in Conlon at the end of this series. Um... You 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 would hope that the defenders maybe even if it is alerted, to, even if Danny is the one that alerts them, that he's not the central figure, because I mean, if Sigourney Weaver is his mum or something like that, or if she's the head of the hand and he's the one that has to take down the hand.
4: Uh, do we? Yeah. I've I've I really hope they don't go the route of, of doing that because you no, know, ah, uh, that's going to entail. It's going uh, to make Finn Jones central. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think that's the way to go. I, that, I feel like it to has
3: go. to be Daredevil that's the center, right? Like he's the central, the central person in the Defenders universe. I feel like the flagship. He's the only one that's had two seasons. I feel like he's the one that they really like hinge this whole thing on. So hopefully it'll be him.
5: I, because I I mean, think it has to be. Uh, uh, this is going to sound weird, but it has to be clear. Like oh, she's, yeah. the, oh, I love she's that. The, she is the thread she is the through line between everything yeah. and she mm. like she knows Colleen. we know that for a fact we know that she knows all of them really mm. so in terms of bringing everybody together, I think it really has surely has to be clear mm. I mean Sigourney Weaver's character game. is yeah. Alexandra, yeah. I think the name of the character is, um but we don't know what that signifies. I mean that's not a pre-existing
2: mm. comic book character it, might, like it might not yeah. actually even be a name.
3: I think she's mm. not, she couldn't be Danny's mom because we see Danny's mom in the flashbacks and I don't think they would have shown us her face if it was going to be immediately revealed yeah. to be an actress we know in the next I series. hope not.
4: Mm. Having Claire bring them together, though makes make sense. I mean, she's already uh, got the ball running in terms of um, Daredevil is getting Luke Cage out of prison um, and we've sort of seen photos alluding to that. Um, so yeah, that's already sort of, three characters who you know sort of already getting together so it will definitely make sense that they go that way and you know having it be eight episodes means they don't really have that much time to waste in terms of getting everybody together and everything so the more characters who are already familiar with each other the better
3: what if it's just a series where claire is the main character and like the side supporting characters are all of these heroes
4: (laughs) i would love that so much take my money now marvel all of it yeah. Okay. Well, um,
2: I'm I'm still looking forward to uh, the defenders, even after this letdown of a season, um, because mostly I think I I obviously we got Luke Cage fairly recently, but it feels like ages since we've seen Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock, and I, mm-hmm. uh, I I I miss them. That's the one thing. The three shows before this has leads that I just want to watch, and that's how I've got through the the dodgier moments, and yeah. I want to see those three guys again, and uh, yeah, it's not too long later this year. Uh, can I book you guys all back in? You come back and talk about defenders. <laughs> sure.
4: <laughs> Just put the on. Right. Better believe it. Better I've believe got, I've you. I've got that.
2: I've got that in you know in audio form now. You're all locked in contractually. <laughs> is this the bit? Is this the bit where we all like go and get in our
5: sports cars and motorbikes and stuff? And there's a voiceover. <laughs> and then it's like
2: oh but in the world when will they come back because we'll need them too <laughs> what's the threat that's going to bring us all back together it's sigourney weaver um Finn Jones. can we stop him from ruining the defenders um <laughs>
3: yeah exactly before we finish
2: though it. um Uh, We've had requests before um, to uh, stick some recommendations into the bonus episodes based on the series. And, Al, would it be fair to say that the Immortal Iron Fist is where any reader should head if they want to read good Iron Fist and introductions to the character? I would say so. I mean, that is certainly the
5: best, most consistently written um, and the most palatable to modern audiences because they're... Were terrific iron fist comics in the 70s but they're very 1970s and they're written in quite a stilted way and everything is very mannered in the way of those kind of older comics and they're great and the art is wonderful but i wouldn't mm. say that they are as immediately accessible for audiences today so immortal iron fist i think is if you're looking for a really good iron fist read that is definitely the place to start and if you want to
2: dive a bit deeper go back into the 70s stuff
5: yeah, yeah, and say, yes. and, and uh, the Power of Man and Iron Fist series that's running at the moment is a ton of fun. But skip the first mm. six issues. No, six? I, I would say read the I would say read the first five six. I mean, it's not a terrible series or anything like that. It just it it was fine. It just didn't really hit the real top streak that it's currently on at the moment until about six issues in
4: i was going to say i'd also recommend an animated cartoon because uh-huh. i'm one, and that's what i do um but uh yes there's a couple of episodes of avengers earth's mightiest heroes i cannot think of what they are off the top of my head where we do see luke cage and iron fist together um as heroes for hire who uh join up with the avengers for a couple of episodes it's the, the, um they are a lot of fun and if the defenders if the defenders gets me to a stage where i want to see this luke cage and this iron fist together in a tv show that will be a humongous achievement and i i mean i really hope that they do because i'd like to see it I, at present i'm not optimistic that i'm gonna want to see that but you know i like to have my mind changed on that <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: um okay guys before we go do you want to let people know where they should um find more of your stuff online or shall i or shall i do the plugs for you is that easier? <laughs> <laughs> go find amon at Amonymous on youtube al house to astonish podcast and caroline at the av club
3: right mm-hmm, perfect yep
5: and uh, good, Joe. And, and basically yeah. House to Astonish all over the place So if you want House to Astonish on Twitter is also me if you want to come and read Mostly puns
2: <laughs> I'm following you right now <laughs> um, Well thank, thank you so much uh, All for joining me I'm so thrilled that I got my very own Defenders together and that at least At one point mm-hmm. in my life someone's And that person is me Is comparing me to Charlie Cox <laughs>
4: Um, <laughs> always Joe always forward forward <laughs> always
2: <laughs> okay thanks so much you guys and thanks everyone for listening um, we'll be back with a mini and then Fantastic Four thanks for listening and we'll see you next week goodbye
4: Bye. bye bye, bye.